0: Thank you for tuning into the Michael Crane.Live podcast. He is an entrepreneur and mentor with over 20 years of experience as a property investor, stock market trader, and office supplies industry expert. On his podcast, he invites fellow entrepreneurs and business owners to share their journey in business so you can learn and take inspiration for your own business and also motivate the next batch of entrepreneurs starting out on their business journey.
1: If you have ever heard the words, never work with family or friends, this is the podcast episode for you. Marge Brown is an author, digital publisher, English tutor, and CEO of Brown Consulting Associates. She runs her business with her husband, Bruce Brown. Together, they have built an online business. B. Content Writing Pro, where they show you how to build a successful content writing business. Marge resides in York, Maine, USA. Her business is truly global, creating great copy that gets read. It's paramount and creates repeat writing gigs from sources all around the globe. Welcome, Marge. It's so great to have you on the podcast today.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Michael. I love our conversations across the pond.
1: I want to start by asking you, Marge, be a content writing pro was not your first business. So let's start this right at the front. Where did it all begin?
0: It all began in 1970 when Bruce and I met on a blind date We were engaged 14 days later and married three months after that. We spent our first year of marriage teaching English in a very small school. And I decided I wanted to leave teaching and go into the corporate world. But soon after that, I went out for lunch one day and I went into a leather goods store and found a kit on how to make a leather band or bracelet. I took it home to Bruce and that little present Turned into a five-year leather craft business where we traveled all over New England with our homemade leather goods and met so many interesting people. That was our first business.
1: And tell me more about the lessons you traveled all around New England. What were the lessons you learned while doing so?
0: I think... It was us really getting to know each other better because when we got married, we hadn't been engaged very long. So I learned that Bruce is a very hard worker and he learned that I like to have fun. We were a good combination. We both worked hard with the business because we had full-time jobs. I had the corporate job he was teaching and on the weekends we would load up our car and travel the craft circuit. So, but we both liked meeting people, But one of the key lessons was that making money in that business depended on how much Bruce could work creating leather products. So there was no leverage. And that was a key lesson. We could only sell what he made. And so he had to work harder as the business grew to make more goods.
1: What products typically did you make?
0: He made a lot of leather belts, leather bags, and his bestseller was a little wristband where he would pound in the name of a child at the fair. People would line up 50 long to get these little leather wristbands. So in between craft shows and teaching school full-time, he would drive to Boston to get these huge hides of leather to bring home and, and get ready for the next show. So we had a variety of goods. Lots of hard work, though.
1: Sounds like you and Bruce in your first business, the leather goods business. You were working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when you use that word, Marge, leverage, tell our listeners what you exactly mean by leveraging the business. Was that time? Was that money? Or was that resources?
0: Oh, Michael, it was all of the above. Because Bruce only had so many hours in the day to make the leather goods. And he had a little more time during the summer when school was off, but he didn't have time to really do much else in his life. We would make a lot of money at each show. And we had certain things we wanted to buy and and that helped us furnish our house and do things like that. The big change came when we had our first child, five years after the business started. We had our first baby and I found I couldn't go on the weekends to help him with the shows. So I remember one weekend he called me from a show and I said, you have to come home because we can't do this anymore. (laughs) We're a three person family now and this lifestyle isn't working for us. So really, that was that was the end of our leather business because we couldn't leverage. We couldn't leverage time or resources, really. That was the main thing.
1: So did Bruce go back to tutoring, lecturing at the local high school?
0: Yes. And in true Bruce fashion, he took on other jobs. He started to work full-time teaching high school English and part-time going into a master's program. He, he finished several master's degrees in psychology and counseling, and then he ended up teaching in graduate school. So he always had multiple things going.
1: I think it's fair to say that business does involve a lot of time, resource and money. And certainly when you start a family, a lot of people I find don't have the time to devote to their business. And the other thing is a financial restriction as well. When you first start your business, the money doesn't come in to support a family. So on top of that, while Bruce had gone back to high school to lecture and teach English, what was the next business and how long did it come before you started that next business?
0: Well, it wasn't too long because he took a keen interest in personal computing. It was just coming on the horizon in the mid 80s. I had my corporate job, I was doing very well, and we made a decision that I would continue with the corporate job to support the family, and he would leave his teaching job and start a business with two other people to do personal computing consulting. We did that, and it was very scary at the time, because at that point, we then had three children.
1: (laughs) Congratulations.
0: Oh, thank you. And people he he went into business with, they were all entrepreneurial. They were getting some big clients. Bruce had a great role. He was the marketing person, but he discovered he was not a manager. Didn't like any of the managing aspects of that business. Plus they were pouring money back into the business instead of taking home salaries. So after three years of that, we sat down and said, you know, again, this isn't working for our family. You're working very hard for this company, but they're not paying you, even though you're one of the principals. And through the consulting that he had been doing, He knew that personal computing, it was about to explode as an industry. So he connected with PC Magazine in New York and became a freelance writer in that industry because by that time, he knew so much about personal computing. He was an early adopter. So he could get 20 people in a room who had an interest and he would know far more than they did. In fact, he became the director of the Computer Institute at Wesleyan. He was just growing very fast in his knowledge. So that's what happened. That period lasted three years. And then he went on to freelance writing. Full-time, full-time freelance writer.
1: I'm really curious to ask you this next question because people's definition of this word entrepreneur is different for so many different people. In your words, what do you think is a true definition? You've used it a few times, Marge, today. What's your definition of a true entrepreneur and what type of person do you think they are?
0: I believe it is to grow in your comfort level that you don't have a steady paycheck. You have to rely on yourself to create your next opportunity and you have to be okay with that. You have to learn how to put those fears behind you, grow your confidence, set your bar high, and just know you can do it.
1: And how long do you have to wait before you get over the bar?
0: Oh, it can take decades. I know while I was still in my corporate job, I envied Bruce because he had all this freedom as an entrepreneur, a freelancer. I wanted to do the same thing, but I couldn't leave that corporate job because of family security, quote unquote. As luck happened, I was downsized and had then an opportunity to join Bruce. As a freelancer. So I don't know, you know, sometimes you want something so badly, the universe just conspires to make it happen. And that's really what happened. So the next thing I know, I am working with him as a freelance writer and we're supporting our family as full time entrepreneurs.
1: Thoughts truly do become reality, Marge. So congratulations. At the top of the show, I mentioned you work with your husband and you love every Minutes of it how does working with your husband work so well for you
0: well we discovered early on that we share the same values that's really our core family is our center being positive staying happy having fun just trying to give as much as we can and help people we absolutely share the same values so we never have a conflict in that area we have totally different personalities and We've learned to respect that in each other and also understand the strengths that we have uh, that the other person doesn't. (laughs) So we leverage those. We know exactly who should do what with our business. And we value that in each other. We don't try to step on each other's toes. And we also help each other filling the gaps and being encouragers is huge. If Bruce knows I wanna try something new or I know he wants to try something new, we are 100% there for each other. We call ourselves Team Brown, and, but it isn't just for our business, it's our whole life. It's how we approach our whole life together. So I don't know how else to describe it, <laughs> really.
1: So let me ask a supplementary question. Are you both entrepreneurs, Marge, firstly?
0: Yes, we are. We're both entrepreneurs. I am a little slower to act to, I guess, give up something I'm doing and then move to the next thing. Whereas Bruce is impulsive. His personality is more impulsive. So he'll just go and do something new. Whereas I give it a lot more thought. But a recent example that we had was, he had been wanting to do a new coaching program. And I work best when I feel like, okay, the time is right. I didn't say no before, and I didn't say yes. I would just listen and and listen to his ideas, and oh, this is what he wants to do, but I never felt the time was right until this past week. I said, okay, the time is right, and the whole thing just fell together, and that's how we work so well together. If it isn't right for both of us, then we don't do it, (laughs) but we both know when it's right, and then we go.
1: So how does the creative energy flow in this husband and wife entrepreneurial business?
0: Well, we go for walks twice a day. We have this wonderful dog. Her name is Happy. And twice a day, we take her out for walks. And on those walks, we... Try to work through any obstacles that we have, any questions, any, any loose ends. In addition to honoring our value of trying to stay healthy and getting outdoors, being in nature, getting away from our computers, we just, we have to get out. So that's what we do.
1: I do actually agree. Walking and talking, certainly during the pandemic, is the new brainstorming of modern business entrepreneurship. Right. So how, how long do you walk for? Because is there an optimum time where you have to be walking before the creative energies start flowing?
0: No, no, we just jump right in. <laughs> we walk around the block a few times. We are fortunate to live near a beach and we go down there and we walk along the boardwalk it sometimes it depends on the weather, it depends on if we have appointments. We might say, "Oh well, I have an hour or I have a half hour. It just depends on what's going on that day, but we'll figure it out in the morning like, "Oh, okay, ten o'clock looks good. Let's grab the dog, go then. So we make the most use of our time. We don't go for a long warm up in terms of creativity. <laughs> we jump right in because we know our time is precious.
1: So your business, be a content writing pro, Marge. Tell me more about your niche and who and why did you come up with this business idea?
0: Well, we decided that Bruce's expertise is so deep. We've worked for so many years and supported ourselves with freelance writing. And we know there are a lot of people that would like to do the same. Plus, we know that it's a great career for people that want a home-based business and that wanna juggle family responsibilities. So again, that word leverage comes back. How can we package his knowledge for people around the world that want to support themselves and who enjoy writing? And it can be in any niche so i took a few courses on how to develop online programs and through that i outlined the whole thing and i i was the producer and the director and i i would tell bruce okay we have to make a video today here's your script he would come on do his thing and i had some help from an outside vendor we put the whole thing together so we have a really nice package for People who want to start a freelance writing career, particularly content writing, which is writing for the internet. It's not writing novels or white papers so much as it is writing for websites and blogs, things like that.
1: I would say nowadays, with the boom of the global internet, we need to use more words than we've ever used before. So, as a potential content writing business owner, Tell me more about the niche that you're really looking to find. Is it just in the UK, global?
0: Oh, no, it's, it's global because, well, Bruce currently writes for two websites. And of course, they're both global. They have teams all over the world. He writes for people in London and Australia. It doesn't matter. And people devour the content. One of the websites is Digital Trends and people all over the world want to know about that. You could have a a niche writing about gardening. People all over the world are interested in that. So it is truly a global venue that you have. And if you're passionate about a subject, then there are people out there who need your writing talents and your services to create material for their businesses. But, you know, it took me a long time to realize, Michael, that a lot of people can't write. What I took for granted my whole life that I could write, Bruce could write, it's not a skill that everyone has. So people will pay, you know, a nice fee for your services as a writer.
1: So if you were speaking to a potential content writer right now, Mm -hmm. One of these people that you just mentioned probably don't know how to write professionally, content that actually gets read. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How does your online business help that particular person?
0: Well, we currently publish a free weekly newsletter and we rotate topics. One week it covers business development, the next it's writing development, and following that personal development, because those are the three pillars that will grow a successful professional content writer. You you need to develop your writing skills. You need to develop your business skills and grow as a person. Bruce will be the first to tell you that he's not an A-plus writer, but he knows how to run a small business. He knows how to relate to people. And we have been lifelong adherents to personal growth. So you don't have to be the person that always got an A in your English class to be a professional content writer. You have to learn how to combine the business, personal growth, and writing. And that's what allows you to be successful. So you can subscribe to our free newsletter as a start.
1: How do people find your free newsletter, Marge?
0: They go to beacontentwritingpro.com. And they can sign up there.
1: And what sort of information will they find on that landing page that will help them truly become an entrepreneur in your industry of content writing, which is a global virtual business?
0: Well, we have the free newsletter. We have a free introductory course. It's a seven-day email course that Bruce teaches. Then we have some inexpensive courses. The first one is called Client Finder. It only costs $37. And you can get that at clientfindercourse.com. And it, it will teach anybody how to find a few clients in a week and start making money. And not by doing expensive marketing, but just looking around at the people they know, the businesses they know, and who could use their talent. And then we have a large course, a signature course, that takes them all the way from from starting up to being a true professional everything they need to know it's a four-stage system course
1: during many conversations with fellow entrepreneurs i sometimes hear them say the business sounds really good michael but how do i find the leads so it's really interesting your client finder funnel you mention share with our listeners how that works and how you can send clients to your students of your courses.
0: Right. And it's the students who find their own clients through the method that we teach them. And it starts by defining your niche. You will not succeed as someone who writes on every topic. There's no way. You have to narrow your focus. So for instance, Bruce writes about digital trends, personal computing trends. Another site he writes about has to do with wearable health technology. That's a narrow niche. So the first thing we teach you is to narrow your niche and we show you how to research that, how to define it, and then start looking at companies that you know in that niche, coming up with a list of prospects and contacting them and saying, okay, uh, what do you need? Do you need help with your blog? Could I help you with a weekly newsletter? You don't need a big portfolio. You can build that as you go along. We don't have a register for clients, but we train you how to find your own. It's like we teach you to fish, <laughs> okay?
1: Instead of giving people the rod, you teach them where the biggest and best, most recurring fish will keep nibbling at exactly.
0: Exactly. And as you said at the very beginning, Michael, information is exploding. This industry, this career has no limits. So it's a wonderful career to choose at this point.
1: We've spoken about niches, Marge, and it's a really interesting subject, defining your niche, defining who is going to read and consume your material. And by the way, I hear this all too often as well, jack of all trades, master of none. So I really encourage our listeners, whatever you do, focus, be very tight in where your skill really lie, and just take the relevant action and move forward. I know we speak a lot about ADHD, Marge. Mm -hmm. Tell our listeners how you help people with ADHD
0: that is a second niche that we're developing. And it came about because in his role writing for the health wearable health technology website, Bruce discovered an assessment to tell you if you have ADHD. Well, because he is a researcher and a writer, he took the assessment and it turned out it came up positive for him. And this was when he was in his late 60s. Oh my gosh, he has ADHD. So he pursued that with his doctor as as he should have. And, and then we realized that it explained a lot of things about his personality from the time he was a child in school and had trouble paying attention. And so it led us to do a lot more research on ADHD and how many adults around the world have that But do you know that only 20% of the people in the whole world that have adult ADHD even realize it? And so they don't understand themselves. They don't understand why their brain works in a certain way. Or they beat themselves up because they, they say, oh, I can't focus. I'm always late. I forget things. I can't hold a relationship. I can't hold a job. They don't understand why. So we decided that that was another area where we could help people to take the assessment like Bruce did. Oh, do I have it? Does it look like I might have it? And then if I do, how to get help? And how can I cope? Now that I know this about myself, how can I cope with my ADHD brain and have a higher quality life?
1: I do know about ADHD because a friend of my son has ADHD. So ADHD, Marge, Tell our listeners, what are the side effects? What are the symptoms of ADHD? But How have you seen the traits in your husband, Bruce?
0: Well, it stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. And people who have ADHD, there are no two people alike. It shows itself in different ways through the way people's brains operate. But with Bruce, he's been over the years impulsive. Forgetful. He can focus on one thing for a long time. We call it going down the rabbit hole, and he won't see anything else that he should be doing at the time. Actually, that's why writing is really good for him because he can just really focus in on one thing. For some people, like for children, it means they can't sit still in a classroom. Sometimes people will say things that are inappropriate in a social setting and they don't realize it really. There's a whole spectrum of the way it shows itself in people's behavior. And as people grow older with ADHD, they learn to modify their behavior as they mature. But still, they don't always get a complete handle on it or totally understand themselves and what's going on because they haven't been diagnosed.
1: So can you share with our listeners exactly what course you've created for ADHD sufferers?
0: Uh, We're coming up with a a 12-month coaching program. It's launching November 1st, and each month is going to have a different topic to help people with ADHD, such as relationships, finance, self-confidence. And this is so interesting because my tendency would be to develop materials and content, and Bruce said, no. He said, people with ADHD, they don't want that. They want interaction. So he's going to be on Facebook Live once a week, and he's going to do a Zoom call once a week with everybody that signs up for his program because he understands the people in his ADH community, that's how they want to be coached. They want to talk. They want to interact. They want to engage with other people in their community. They don't want workshops and assignments and worksheets. They won't do it. So I thought that was brilliant the way he steered me to really create the program that he knows will succeed with that niche. And again, that's why it's important to understand your audience.
1: Is it a cure for ADHD or is it just creating a supportive community where fellow ADHD sufferers can come and try and understand exactly why they think this particular way?
0: oh, it's absolutely the latter, Michael, because there is no cure for ADHD. It's all a question of coping. It's understanding. It's coming up with behaviors and modifications in your lifestyle. When Bruce would leave the house and he'd forget things, I would, I would just feel like, oh, he's just not really taking responsibility. But now I understand it's his ADHD. It helps me to understand. I laugh because he'll leave and I'll I'll time him. I'll say in about 30 seconds, he'll be back because he forgot his phone. He forgot the keys. And by golly, in 30 seconds, the door opens and he's back. So now I try to help him more. He just took a trip today. And last night I said, OK, so what is it you need to remember when you're going out the door tomorrow so you don't have to come back 15 minutes after you leave? And so I do it now in a, in a way that's more loving because I understand <laughs> He needs that support. It's just because of his brain, and that's the way his brain functions. He doesn't want to forget things, (laughs) but he does. It's a question of coping and mechanisms and and getting that support system around you, hopefully from your family and friends. If you can't have that, then, you know, we're going to create this community online.
1: You mentioned a little while ago that you've created a 12-month unique program for ADHD sufferers. Can you tell me more and go into greater detail about who it helps, how it helps, and what is the outcome? What's your objective for creating this online course?
0: The main objective is to help adult sufferers of ADHD to understand that they're not alone. And I think a lot of them feel like they're alone and they're trying to cope by themselves and it's not necessary. So our objective is to help them understand how ADHD manifests, that there are common issues that people face. And then as soon as you understand, oh, I'm not the only one that has this problem, then, okay, so how can I create a better system in my life to avoid that issue? Finances, that's, a, that's an area where a lot of people with ADHD have problems because they don't like structure. So they don't have a budget. Money goes through their, their fingers. If they can realize, oh, well, maybe if my partner or my spouse can handle the budget and the finances, that's okay. I can give that up because that person is more apt to, to do a better job at that than I am. So it's just accepting who you are and getting that help. And so that's how we want to help people to come up with mechanisms to support their lives. And we're a good example because I don't have ADHD and Bruce does. So so we can talk about ways that we have worked together in our marriage to overcome some of those issues. You know, and looking back on it, of course, Michael, why did Bruce propose to me in 13 days? Because he's impulsive. <laughs> but I didn't know it at the time and neither did he.
1: <laughs> well, that's a great uh, example of impulsive thoughts and impulsive type people right tell me you've created the 12-month course just run through some of the modules that people will be getting and what you think are really important for ADH sufferers and their loved ones their partners their spouses to really kind of get to grips with what you're trying to do and I'm really all about helping your community find a way because there's so many ailments and issues and and it looks like you have a way forward because you know bruce and bruce knows what this element is
0: right and so we have this 12 month success path i'll tell you the topics for each of the 12 months okay january is self-direction set your course what is your north star February, what is your vision for your life? March, meditation. Meditation is so important for everyone, but especially people with ADHD. They need to calm their mind. April, responsibility. May, emotional control. That's another big one. June, relationships. People with ADHD have a lot of trouble with relationships because of these other factors that their mates don't understand. So the more understanding they have, the better chance they having they can have a fulfilled relationship. July is finances. August, nutrition. People with ADHD, they take out their frustration with a poor diet. That's not going to help. <laughs> September, productivity. Another area where they need a lot of help. October, focus. November, self-confidence. And December, journaling. Journaling is a great partner with meditation. And one of the frequently asked questions we have is, well, okay, I finished the 12 months. Am I done? The answer is no. Keep going, come back, go through this path again. Uh, Just like Michael, you and your friend, you walk those trails in England, you know, walk the success path more than once, because every time you do, you're going to learn something more about yourself. You're going to engage with different people in the community. Bruce's coaching will take on a new flavor because Life is dynamic, and we never stop learning. So just keep yourself immersed. This is your tribe. (laughs) You know, this tribe of ADHD people, they can help you. So stick with them.
1: (laughs) Marge, how can people find out about you and your course ADHD? And what's Uh, it
0: called? Go to our website, adultadhdunplugged.com. .com. And there are some blog posts there about Bruce's story and there's a self-assessment and we'll be putting the link up soon for this program.
1: So Marge, I know you've worked on your online business for such a long time. You've put <laughs> so much energy, passion, enthusiasm into your beer content writing pro course and also your ADHD course. I can see how much it floats your boat. (laughs) But what next for Brown Consulting, Marge and Bruce Brown?
0: Well, we are about to uh, relocate our business, our our life in Connecticut to be closer to family. Uh, We're going to be spending half our time up in Maine by the beach. So our lifestyle keeps improving. We have a third niche. We're going to develop and that is for visionaries and that one is going to be exclusively mine because i want to encourage people to flesh out their dreams understand what you said previously michael is that thoughts become things and if we can control our thoughts we can make our visions real and we the you know the r word is 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 not a good word in our household we don't talk about retirement because we like creating and, uh, you know, we make, might take longer walks. We might go to more soccer games and that's all in the cards. But we'll always be working together. It is our passion and it's, uh, it's, it's what we do. So,
1: <laughs> And that's one of the great foundations of being a freelance entrepreneur, a global freelance online entrepreneur i just want to end the podcast by saying thank you so much for sharing your wisdom your knowledge and your experience with our listeners marge and i know the great work you do will help so many people around the world so keep up the fight keep up the passion and build your business
0: Michael, thank you so much for allowing me this time on your podcast. And I really hope we can help future content writers and adults with ADHD. So I appreciate it so much. Take care.
1: Today's show has been sponsored by WWW.TEAMEASYCRANE.CO.UK. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so
0: much for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll be